You are listening to the Glass Cannon Network, the premier source for role-playing game entertainment. Friday night, it's time for chaos, but more importantly, it is officially fall here uh, in, in the world. Uh, it's fall. It's September. Once you're into September, it's fall. We got Halloween <laughs> decorations up in my house. There's pumpkins everywhere. I'm eating cider donuts. It is fall, whether you like it or not. And this leads me right into my question. I can tell, Nora, you're already going to answer incorrectly. Does anyone here not like fall? Oh, no, I love fall. Do you? I love fall. I hate summer so much. Okay. Well, then we're cool. I feel, no, we got scammed as children. Like summer is cool only because we had school off. Yeah. And now that I'm an adult and school is not in my life, fuck summer. Like, Can this, we this all is agree terrible. that summer is the worst of all seasons? Is there anyone here that's a big summer head? I, I got no beef with summer in particular. I, I don't know. Yeah. I kind of, I think there's pluses and minuses to both. I don't put, I don't go all in on anything. This is probably a real issue in my life. <laughs> uh, henceforth, f- f- that doesn't, that's not the right word. Uh, meaning that I don't commit to anything. This is not, I'm just burying. So dig up, stupid. Uh, We're learning a lot about each other. Yeah. I, uh, yeah, I, you know, I think summer's cool. I think about like, you know, I like wearing summery outfits. I think that's fun, you know? Um, <laughs> I feel like summer drinks are a thing, you know? Okay. Summer, yeah. like a mm-hmm. summer salad. Summer soups. A gazpacho. A cool you like summer. being like oh, hot constantly? Salads, I, like pretending, I like pretending that I'm in Vampire Weekend. You know, just oh. like on Cape Cod, like fucking talking about clam bakes and shit. Like that's, <laughs> but I'm not committed to summer. Fall. I think has a lot going on for it. Also, though, the light starts to go away, and I feel like I start getting depressed more. I think I'm one of those people yeah, where the yeah. light is tied to my mood. You just got to get one of these these lights here. I can't. It's tied to my camera. I thought you were going to hold up antidepressants. This is what it looks like when I turn oh. it on. I put that on for 30 minutes in the morning, and it really does the trick. You just blast a light in your face? Just like blast a, little, a light in your face. That's all you got to do. Like a little tanning bed? Uh, no, no, I, uh, I don't know. Maybe it's giving me some color, but I do it every morning. Uh, and, uh, it really, uh, really makes me feel better, especially because I had that like seasonal affective disorder. And I used to live, like when I first moved to New York, I lived in a basement apartment that didn't have any light and I was poor and had no money to eat. So I was just like, this is the worst. But during the, the, the fall and winter, I used to get that seasonal affective disorder, but now I just, uh, pop this bad boy on. We're good to go. Okay. Maybe I'll I like, leave this on all show. I like fireplace weather. Mm. Yes. Yes. I want to sit in front of a fireplace. I want like to be like, I, I want, I want cozy blankets everywhere. Yep. And, uh, yeah. Smoky drinks. Yeah. Sure. Drinks made that in a little smoke great. box. Uh, is anybody else here on Rob's weird non-committal side? <laughs> I feel like maybe I am. Oh, yeah, here we go. I knew it. <laughs> I mean, like, I 
summer's fine, but like like any other season, except for, I mean, really just summer and winter. At a point, you get sick of it because they're like the longest ones. Because the other ones are like transitional; they don't last long enough. Um, but I have seasonal allergies like every season, and mm. fall and spring are pretty bad. So, eh. but I do like the cool down. I like that it gets mm. darker. I don't like light that much. Yeah, <laughs> too much sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> so you um, wouldn't like one of these. No, when I worked in a big office, Stop showing down off in, Troy with your lights. <laughs> mm-hmm. When I worked in a big office building in the financial district, people at our desks like had those, and I thought they were really weird. But like, whatever works. <laughs> I used to be those people as well, but thirty minutes a day keeps the sad. For people away. who are just listening, just so you know, it just looks like Troy is turning on a desk lamp. Yeah. yeah, and bragging about it. It's just <laughs> underlighting like, his face like a member of the Midnight Society about to tell a spooky story. <laughs> but they're like advertised like these like, like sun replacement lights. Yeah. That looks like an iPad. Looks like a tablet. <laughs> yeah, it does, right? It's you like an what? iPad size. I think you're right. It wasn't that you weren't making a lot of money. You weren't eating good food. You were in a basement apartment that was like maybe shitty. It was definitely the light you were missing. You know? Yeah. It's it's made a big difference. I've only had this since Christmas, but it's fantastic. Oh, yeah. Um listen, the I my hardest thing is like I don't know what I like more, fall or winter because I like them so much more than anything else cuz I love fall, football, leaves changing, birthday, all the great stuff that comes with that, but I love winter because nothing brings me more joy than Christmas. Um, but also nothing brings me more sadness than the day after Christmas. This is the thing. The following Christmas. And then maybe this is my take is like I feel like we only love the beginnings of seasons. It's like when the when the transition happens, it's like, ah, oh, yes, the leaves, the fall, the 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 the, the pumpkin spice is back in stores. Hurrah. The first snow. The, the first snow. Cut to a month in uh into spring when it's rainy, two months into summer when the sun is actively trying to kill you. Um <laughs> several months into winter when you're knee deep in in slush. Um and when you go to work and when you come home from work, it is dark both times. Um, and it's like, yeah, it's, it, it, it becomes burdensome. So you, so you gotta find, you gotta find, uh, joy where, where you can though, I suppose. Does that make us fickle? Are we fickle? Uh, yes. Yeah. <laughs> it's okay. Yeah, I guess so. And perhaps perhaps nothing is so, so delightful as anticipating the season, which is to come, you know? Yeah. I mean, it sounds like the weather is fickle. Mm-hmm. That's <laughs> true. That's deep. I just googled yeah. what fickle means. I didn't really. I was like, "What the?" You <laughs> <laughs> just used a word you didn't know in a sentence. That's how you learn. That's right. <laughs> Seems you to me get that out over the your skis weather a little bit. is fickle. <laughs> it is fickle. Changeable ass. No weather. Anything can make up its mind. <laughs> it will soon enough. Oh, we we will have made it up its mind for it. Exactly. Yeah. Don't enjoy these seasons while we got them because pretty they soon, exist. yeah. <laughs> yeah. This yeah. is our, this is the content our fans subscribe to. Yeah. This is, you know, what seasonal affective disorder talk and casual doom saying. <laughs> Colin, what do you? What's your favorite season? Um, let's go to the phone lines real quick. Um, <laughs> yeah, pumpkin no, pie I, rules. It, Autumn's great. <laughs> it always interests me because I don't understand anyone that enjoys summer uh, more than another season. Like it's fine to be like, I had a great summer. Hey, I like going to the beach. Sure. I don't like walking out of my house after showering and immediately being soaked. I've talked about this ad nauseum. I hate it. Um, so anyone that likes summer more than fall or winter 
is just like, it's like an alien to me. I don't understand that. So nothing brings me more joy than like this week of the year. Right now. Right wow. now. All right. It's this is not fall. Fall is the 22nd. If yes. I'm having a pumpkin spice latte, it is fall. Go ahead, but technically it's not fall. So it's I'm been over a hundred degrees all week here. Sean. I was going to uh, talk to anybody it's on the like West Coast who's incinerating right now. Yesterday, guys, yeah. get out of that, it, out of that West Coast nonsense. It's brutally hot. The the post apocalyptic motorcycle gangs are forming. We're hoarding gasoline. It's it's all happening <laughs> over here. <laughs> well, um, if it's happening there, it's certainly happening here. At Time for Chaos, because last week's episode was one of my favorite episodes we've done across the network. I could not stop thinking about that episode for days after we finished recording it. Um, and the only uh, real downside is how disappointing this episode is going to be in comparison. <laughs> See? <laughs> my dice rolls will probably be disappointing. <laughs> Well, we'll see. I, I'm, I'm, I'm really interested to see where it goes tonight and, uh, be great if my camera would stop being an <laughs> asshole too. Uh, it's disagreeing with your it's weather. It's the take. ghost of autumn. The fuck. Um, <laughs> hey, let's, you know what? Let's, let's see the map of Juju House real quick. I have been sitting on this map for, uh, weeks now. And every time you went to Juju House, I considered bringing it out. But it's one of those things, once you bring a map out, the players start thinking, oh, time to get ready to kill something. And I just didn't want to throw it all out there because there's plenty of maps uh, in this adventure. There's no combat whatsoever. Uh, but I didn't want to lead you along too much. But I am glad that we were finally able to bring it out last week uh, as you guys began to explore in earnest what the hell is going on at the Juju House. Um, so let's talk about last week. You... God, it was so fun. You basically uh, were split up because Vaughn was chasing down who he thinks to be Makunga Madari, some mysterious figure uh, that is somehow connected to Juju House. Um, leaves Juju House and walks maybe to his residence somewhere uh, closer to the east side. Vaughn follows him there, loses him in whatever room he goes into, uh, and then is accosted by... Uh, four policemen of the 14th precinct, 14th precinct, uh, presumably under uh, Dobson. You're Robeson. able to get out of that. Uh, what did I say? Dobson? Robeson. Whatever the fuck his name is. Robeson. Out of notes. Oh God, they're um, working for focus on the family. <laughs> Robeson. Uh, and you're able to get out of that uh, with some, with some, some sweet talk. Uh, do they know who you are? Are they just trying to scare you? Uh, or are you just in the wrong place at the wrong time? Either way, you get out of there unscathed. You go over to the building because you see your dear friend from back in the day, uh, a man who we think is no longer part of this world, beckoning you towards the building. You go into the building. You can't see your friend anymore, but you do see the names of all the people that live in the building. You see a Madari. So you break in. Meanwhile, back at Juju House, uh, Carter, Feruz, and Margot are breaking and entering as well. And you sneak downstairs. Carter stays upstairs to look at the journal, sees uh, a strange monthly or weekly payment to WR14, uh, I believe. Uh, goes to the back room and finds uh, a knife similar to the knife that killed Jackson Elias. Uh, and, uh, a, 
another headband-type mask, but instead of a piece of red felt hanging down from it, has a mummified human tongue hanging from it. Feyruz and Margot, meanwhile, go downstairs. They're looking around. There's this big circular hole in the floor or something. Looks like it's covered by a big stone, and there's a curtain in the back. You go uh, to move the curtain aside, and it's full of stuff back there. Uh, There's, like, claws hanging on the wall and a robe and books and a weird chronometer on the wall. There's also four zombie-like creatures. Uh, Four uh, looks like former residents of the area. Their entrails uh, leaking out of them and just a deadness in their eyes and they come after you. You scream for Carter. Carter comes down to help. Meanwhile, back at uh, Madari's, perhaps his apartment, uh, Vaughn breaks in, finds a small little box with some horrific monster on the cover, and inside three vials of a liquid that seems to be almost alive in its movements as the light catches it. Vaughn also shares a moment with his old dear friend. Is that person there? Is it all part of Vaughn's deteriorating sanity? Who knows? You've dispatched of these creatures. Vaughn has exited Makungamadari's apartment. We'll pick up back at Juju House. Carter and Margot and Feyruz are down there. I imagine just like... <sighs> trying to catch your breath from this attack um, what do you want to do here you've obviously snuck in at a time when uh, no one is around um, but you don't know how long you have before someone is around what, what, what is your plan of action here I think we should see what this hold on the ground is you know, I thought it was the safe bet to open the curtain, and now I'm afraid of the hole in the ground. But yeah. immediately after these guys fall, when we got down here, Margot took a photo of the room. I want to take a photo of the room again. <laughs> now that all this has happened, and a photo behind the curtain, just because I feel like we're too scatterbrained to really look at anything closely right now. Oh, can we do a spot hidden while we're here? Sure. Stupid. Just a general sort of spot hidden on the room. Yep. Let's see. I got a 22 under 80, I believe. Yeah. Like I said, I don't see anything right now. I'm a little overwhelmed. <laughs> yeah. Hey, uh, me neither. Rolled a 400 over 25. <laughs> <laughs> I, I might be rolling one. too many dice. Yeah, I, think that's <laughs> too many dice. I don't know. Um... Yeah, the the main chamber itself is uh, surprisingly barren, um, with the exception of this winch mechanism connected to the stone slab covering the floor. Um, The only thing that looks to be of interest beyond that in this first room are the symbols uh, all over the place that none of you recognize at all. If you remember, they, the symbols were getting stranger and stranger and more incomprehensible. Right. Uh, 
I'll tell you what's freaking Carter out right now is seeing these uh, former zombies. Uh, intestines out, carving on the forehead, right? I mean, that's exactly what they did to uh, Jackson, right? Like, I think Carter quickly, you know, it was the heat of battle. We probably would have learned this earlier, but just wants to double check these bodies and make sure one of them is not Jackson. Mm. And the other thing that's, the other thing that, now, now I'm in character. See, there's a clear, there's a, there's a clear difference when I'm speaking. Uh, the other <laughs> thing that's fucking freaking me out right now, guys, is, uh, We've got, this is evidence. We've got evidence, right? This guy, how do we know that, that what's his name, uh, Hilton Adams is not gonna fry this morning? Okay, but at the same time, we are now doubly implicated in this. So now, there's, we've just killed all these people. How we are didn't. we going to explain to the police that they were zombies? Or whatever. Yeah, that's, uh, I that think is a problem. We remove this stone slab, and perhaps best case scenario, we hide the bodies in there and get out of here. Okay, well, here's the thing. So what if in this slab, and I don't know, you know, the world's kind of topsy-turvy right now. What if this, inside this hole, is these things, they were going to put these guys in there. What if it's like a sacrificial whatever? Then we're going to piss something off. We have a chance right now to maybe get out of here and maybe save that dude's life. I know Vaughn was super pumped about that. I'm sure he's doing just fine right now. Listen, we hadn't come, we didn't come this far just to, Overlook a very important part of what's inside this room. That's true. That's true. Um, I would just hate to look down there and then be eaten. And then uh, I'm dead, more importantly. But then also Hilton Adams is dead because we weren't able to, you know, help him out. I don't know. Freaking out. Could we even well, go to the precinct right now? We could go to, I mean, we could go to, what's his name? Really I mean, I guess right now, that's- yeah. Wait, okay, immediately, let's think, immediately, right now, if you are afraid of somebody eating you, the best way to know is to throw one of the bodies in there. Mm, mm-hmm. I don't really follow, but I'm also a pushover. Because if so. somebody starts eating something, <laughs> if something starts eating one of them, then we know to get the hell out of here. Also, I think we should make, I, I, I agree we should make sure we've seen everything in this room. I mean, we... I think that we have everything that we need to exonerate this man, but maybe we don't. We're I also mean, part of a crime scene. But here's the thing. These people could be people that were taken weeks ago, months ago, and we have alibis. We weren't here. I wasn't here. You know, none of us were in town until however many days ago. So if they identify these bodies and they're like, oh, that's so-and-so, they disappeared at this part of Harlem on this date, then they it's not us. We found them. Yeah, but now they're dead because of us. Well, I think they were already... I mean, I don't know if they were really alive at this point when we met them. They seemed a little discombobulated, <laughs> intestinally speaking. I think we should just take a quick look behind the curtain here and see, is there anything else that could be useful evidence we can take and then open right. the hole? Okay, let's open the thing. Yes. We'll give a peeky peek. I don't think we should okay. throw the bodies in there. I think the bodies are going to exonerate us more than not. And I will take a picture of each one just in case they destroy evidence when we leave or something like that. Um, So we need to get our story straight. They were dead when we got here. I would assume so. I don't think many people are living uh, with that kind of 
that's that's going to be hard to explain to people that there are zombies. They're not going to believe us, but we, we were down here and we found them like this. We okay, acted in self-defense. Yeah. No, no we, we didn't act at all. After breaking and entering. We found them like this. You found four people. You'd be your word against theirs. Those were my uncles and aunts. They were I down sh- there having dinner. Who's talking to us right now? Is that, <laughs> is that my conscience? Just letting you know that, like, this well, could look really bad. I'm oh, yeah, they were zombies, right? Yeah, the zombie thing's not going to fly. But I'm looking at us, and it's like, Feyruz was punching one of the zombies. You probably have blood at least all over your arm. <laughs> um, not maybe your clothes. Yeah, you shot them, and... I can't believe Carter. Well, I can't believe I'm saying directly. this, but it's like, but but also ha- these bodies being here could actually provide closure. Again, I want to throw up in my mouth. Could provide closure for the families that have been just just racked with despair since these people left. So let's let's check the let's check any curtains that are left. Let's winch that winch, and then give a peeky, and then I say we book it. Yes, yes, and then clean up before we talk to anybody. We should definitely clean up, because I am a mess. All right, so you want to uh, check out the, the little alcove where the creatures were that attacked you. Mm-hmm. Um, all right, there's, there's a lot going on in here, where the room that you're in now, where the battle took place, is relatively empty. Um, it seems like everything is stored back here in this alcove. Uh, the things that sort of jump out at you, uh, you see... Uh, a, a long uh, feathered robe of shimmering colors uh, hanging on a peg uh, near the the rear part of the room uh, and also like uh, a long set of like claws like Freddy Krueger type claws oh, yeah. um, and situated above them is a uh, modern looking chronometer uh, hanging on the wall um, are you all in there just kind of looking around at whatnot? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, pushing over, uh, Feyruz's spot hidden. One thing jumps out at you. You see, uh, a, uh, mask peeking out of, uh, Something covered in leather's hide. It seems like everything in here is covered in leather's, le- leather hide. There's a mask. There's a, uh, uh, you find this burnished copper bowl, uh, that's etched with unrecognizable runes and sigils. Um, you see a scepter. Um, looks like a wooden scepter. Um, a headband, uh, of like gray metal. Um, you find a uh, a cash box, looks like like a cash box that's locked. Um, you find a book, um, and you also find a mask similar to uh, the one that Carter found upstairs. Um, that headband. Uh, that looks just like the ones that the guys were wearing that killed Jackson, uh, but it's a little nicer uh, than the one that uh, was in Silas's quarters, but it too has a mummified human tongue, and both Feyruz and uh, Margot see that and 
It provokes a sanity roll. It's just this real human tongue hanging from off the headband. Oh, one of those? Yeah. Here we go. Carter's cool with it. Yep. Mm-hmm. Oh. Oh. Okay. I, I got a 96 over 90. I get to lose some. <laughs> oh, uh, only one point. Okay. One point of sanity, which is also <laughs> what I believe Carter lost. Um, so, uh, seeing that shakes you. How, how do you think that manifests, that sort of loss, that little break? I think, like, she was able to keep it together through all of that killing of, re-killing of dead zombies, and just the last little bit left, she sees this, like, dead tongue with the headband, and it's just a bit too much. Maybe it's bringing her back to Peru, where they start, saw crazier stuff, and she's just really scared to open the hole in the floor. Okay, so Margot, uh, if you if you look over at her, seems like lost for a second, but she shakes out of it. Um, and yeah, those are the, those are the things that kind of jump out at you um, when looking in here. There's also um, on the uh, the wall beside the alcove, there are two long, stout poles coming out from the wall. And dangling from the poles are like leather thongs that are made into small loops. And then next to that on the floor uh, where Beirut's jump behind are some crates uh, and a crowbar. Um, and the crates all say Emerson Imports. <gasps> mm-hmm. Let's get some photos of those. Yes. Add those to them. We photograph this whole horrifying thing with the thongs and the whatnots. Oh, yeah. Also, no, I, ca- I get Carter, every angle. Do you see this box here? That's this locked box. Do you think you could open it? Yes, I do. Uh, and then if if Carter is going to check that box, I want to check that book. <laughs> okay. The All box right, is Carter. locked, I'm guessing. Um, the little locked box? Yeah. Um... Yeah, you can give me a locksmith roll on the lockbox. All right. Ladies, I know it was impressive during that fight, but you haven't seen anything yet. As I... <laughs> as I roll... Oh, hmm. Oh, that's impressive that I wanted. 48 over 43. Now, here's the thing. Troy, we didn't do a luck uh, roll for the session yet? We didn't. We didn't. Um, the result so of let's... that may influence this. <laughs> right. All right. Let's do that luck roll um, and see if you uh, you gain any luck. Just remember what where you're at. Um, remember, this is what you want to fail, and then you'll get one d10. Uh-huh. <gasps> oh, no. Wait. No, I succeeded. Never mind. I failed. And I only get three points, but whatever. Okay. Hey, three points That's is fine. better than none. I failed also and got three points. <laughs> it ain't nothing. Three failed and fail. failing. You failed and failing? Yeah. Uh, what about Carter? <laughs> of course I succeeded. Uh, so uh, I'm not going to spend... I only have 21 luck. I'm not going to spend mm. the five I think I need to do okay. this. So how big is the lockbox? Can I just uh, take it? Yeah, you could. Um, you could push the roll. Oh, that's an interesting... Ooh. I forgot about that move. Yeah, I haven't tried that yet. Let's do that. Okay. Mm-hmm. Push it. Push it real good. Push it. Okay. Push it real good. Push it real good. What the fuck am I doing? Oh, locksmith. Mm-hmm. 
Nope. I got a fucking 99. Kill me right now. Salt and pepper are not in effect. Nope. And what is your score? This is Spinderella's domain. Yeah. Uh, a forty-three. All right, so that's a fu- uh, that's a fumble. Um, Fuck. That's not only a failed failed push roll. That's also a fumble. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, what I'll say is, you go to Jimmy this lock open, and the uh, the metal uh, that's sort of containing whatever is inside of it is very uh, flimsy. It's oh, more of like what you'd use to build an old septic tank, which I don't know if you realize this, like old septic tanks you can just like fold up and put in a drawer. That's how flimsy that is. Oh. So this, you made that, basically you crush the box and you hear things inside just go crunch. I'm sure that was just, uh, I'm sure this is a miniature septic tank. Uh, it's just a miniature septic This is probably fine. I wouldn't... I, this part, You know what? The more I look at this, the more I realize this is not very valuable. So I'm going to go ahead and put that <laughs> right back on their shelf. Uh, right up there. I don't think they'll uh, notice that. Crunch that box. Crunch. Meanwhile, uh, Feyruz goes over and looks at the book. Go to look at the book and... See, it's in English. It looks like, which is good, and uh, it's important so that you recognize that the title is "Africa's Dark Sex." Yes. <gasps> yes. Totally pocketed. Africa's Dark Sex by Nigel Blackwell. Looks Finally. like it was printed in nineteen twenty. I'm wondering, did you mention seeing the mask there? Because if you did, I feel like... Oh, I, I totally talk out like this is... Love just look at that. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. I don't hold anything back from any of you. Um, all right, so uh, Margot steps past, goes over to this mask. It's very, very, um, very strange looking. It's... It appears similar in some ways to some of the masks that you saw upstairs. Uh, very obviously African um, in its vibe. It's, it's a carved wooden African-looking mask, but it has like four hideous faces um, like perched above a thick corded neck with like a basket-like collar made out of reed feathers and fabric. So basically it's the type of mask that you would like put over your head like you'd put the basque portion over your, the ma- basket portion over your head it appears and the fa- these four faces are on top. It's very unnerving. So it's huge. Yeah, it's pretty big. Okay. Um, and this is before Julie Taymor did The Lion King. Yes. Uh, well before. Okay, so well before. maybe origin story mm-hmm. for Julie Tamer. Or it's like, I feel like there's a Wicker Man scene where he's got like one of these. Oh, yeah. The uh, things on. Yeah, it's like this basket with this shit on top. It's it's pretty intense. You like pull down the leather covering and it, you really never see anything like it. The top part looks similar to the mask you've seen upstairs, but it's much more ornate. I mean, this all looks very ceremonial. If you look We've got a mask, we've got this bowl and scepter and... I mean... It's a modern-looking 
Chronometer, above everything, what is it, uh, can we tell what it's tracking? Or what time it is on there, if that's the thing it does? Um, yeah, so you go and look at it, and... Does this track the full moon? It, um, (laughs) it doesn't match anything else in the room. That's the first thing that jumps out at you. Like, everything else, like you were just saying, is is very uh, tribal in nature. The scepter, the mask, obviously the book, everything. And then there's this very modern-looking chronometer on the wall. Um, uh, give me an intelligence roll, the three of you in there. Intelligence... Jeez, I'm just... I'm still messed up. I got a 93 over 70. I got a 16 under 80. Nice. I got a 31 under 80. Um, alright, so... It's an extreme. Extreme and a hard. Um, so both of... Both Carter and Feyruz notice that it's... It's not reading the correct time. Um... However, a step further, because it's very difficult to read. It doesn't look like a normal clock, but you can kind of deduce, okay, wait, this isn't what time it is now. However, Feyruz, you also notice that it's, um, it seems to be tracking Greenwich Mean Time, some four hours ahead of New York time. That's strange. Carter, do you see this? I see a portion of that. <laughs> <laughs> Some of what you what? think, I think. Why are they tracking Greenwich time? That's, uh... You know what Vaughn would know? That's <gasps> England time. Maybe, Maybe Vaughn is a part of this. Shit! No, <laughs> no. I trusted that motherfuck... Oh, you know, you're right. <laughs> Sorry, I'm still on edge. All right. I'm Should... still very curious as to know what's... This... Circular closed off thing. I'm Should I aim my gun at it as you open it? I just want to point out again, I feel like we're playing, and gambling is a term, you're playing with your house money right now, and I feel like we got all this evidence, <laughs> we got this shit, look at this mask, look at this thong, we can we can get out of here, we can maybe save this man's life, we've got a ledger, we can blow this whole thing up, people won't get killed anymore, there's a dark of the moons coming up, someone else is going to get taken, I think we should just nuke it from orbit. You know what I mean? How are we going to nuke it if we need this? We don't even What's know what we're looking at. It's going to be down there. Out. Okay. All right. Okay. <laughs> Feyruz is like the academic that she is, is like hell bent on needing to know what this is. Yeah. Okay. I don't think Margo wants to look, but she knows we're not leaving until we do. Okay. I'm going to go. I'm just going to stand by the door. Not for any reason other than I've got to pee. And I would rather be the first to the bathroom when we decide uh, to leave. So you guys right. go ahead and start. I'm going to be I right over here. I draw my gun just in case. You'll be right here. Is this okay. a one-person job? Well, let's say you walk over to it. Who's the one that's going to try and uh, lift it up? Uh, let me look what my strength is. I-, I could, I could do it. Okay, it's going to be a two-hand thing. So like okay. whoever's lifting it can't have a gun drawn. Um. Okay. And what is your strength, Feyruz? 75? 75. All right, so you go to pull it down, and it doesn't move at all. Yes. In Call of Cthulhu terms, that means you need to start adding more bodies to it to try and uh, combine your strengths. All right. And you could find out that you don't have enough strength. Okay. Perhaps Margo 
you keep your gun drawn and Carter, huh? worst case scenario, you pee in this hole. <laughs> <laughs> if I had a dime. Uh, okay, okay. I'm just saying if a tentacle comes Great. out of here, I've car. Now be a good man and help me remove this. Well, when you put it like that, when you question uh, my manhood. <laughs> All right, fine. Here I come to this thing. Fuck. Muttering. <laughs> what is your strength, Carter? It's a 70. 70. And what is yours? I'm sorry, uh, Feruz, what's yours? 75. 70, 75. Okay, so combined, 145. Um, okay. Give me a roll, Feruz, a strength roll. Uh, I just really want you to fail this. <laughs> 17. She's determined. Mm -hmm. So, Feruz and Carter, two hands on this. What if Carter's just going like, ah, I can't. (laughs) Not really helping. (laughs) (laughs) Not everything. (laughs) Two hands on this thing are trying to uh, push it down. Um, And, Margo, you're just standing there with your gun out. Yeah. Making sure uh, there's no problems. And you start pushing, and you're really, really giving it. And all of a sudden, the stone begins to lift. And then we come back to the streets of New York. You fucker. Moonlight. Beautiful uh, crescent moon uh, cutting through the clouds. Um where is Vaughn at at this point? Now, he walked across town, you know, maybe only, I think I said 15, 20 minutes away from uh, your rendezvous point at the pawn shop outside of the Juju house. Um, is it your plan to go back there? Where, where are you at? Vaughn is extremely shaken after what he's experienced and um, has this box sort of like tucked in his jacket and is moving very, like, kind of going from shadow to shadow, um, looking around tentatively, trying to see if there is any any police activity on the street, and listening for sirens, jumping at every at every sound, <laughs> and um, um, and if he sees that moon over the over the tops of the buildings, it only drives home how soon the the new moon is coming. And yeah, uh, he's making his way back to his um comrades who he left and so yeah he's headed back to the pawn shop headed back to the pawn shop you're walking around kind of on edge you hear a bunch of trash cans fall over and see a cat like scurry off chasing a mouse Uh, scoots on through and continues on his way walking along and you get back in the direction of where the juju house is and as you're approaching the alley give me a spot hidden okay oh my lord alright that's uh I've rolled very well that's a uh, three under 75. Three. 
under 75. Yeah, so council, I believe that's what we call extreme. That's an extreme success? Okay. His eyes are almost bulging out of his out of his head. Of course, he's trying to pick up every sound and movement and see if Madari or uh, the proprietor of Juju House are moving around or the, the police that he encountered. You see like down the edge of the alleyway a figure at the door of Juju House who appears to be like slowly closing the door and then running down the alleyway like awkwardly running down the alleyway back to the street towards me then towards your direction now you're still far enough away where you're able to observe this but it's running like basically towards you okay um interesting um I would like to conceal myself as much as possible and try to let him pass so that I can see who it is and pass unnoticed okay you uh conceal yourself and you see the figure get closer and closer and closer and it's the old man Silas Nakwane and he just um, looks one way, looks the other, and like crosses the street to go over in the direction of like Central Park. He looks like he's on a mission. Okay. Um, get help. Yeah. Times of the essence. Okay. Uh, um. As soon as the coast is clear, I run to the door of the Juju House and try to open it. You run to the door of the Juju house and you try to open the door and uh, it's locked. Shit, we locked it, yeah. Oh, <laughs> um, yeah, I did that. Well, you saw him closing it. Oh, that's right. true. So he was in, he's inside. Uh, he was in there. Um, uh, and of course, I guess I made my peep through the slats of the pawn shop just to make sure that everyone's not there. Yeah. If they're not there, then I make the assumption that they, they... Based on that, I assume, I think, what has happened, that he is aware of their presence. Um, all right. <laughs> um, I, cr- I kick the door down. Kick the door down. Give me a strength roll. Oh, okay. I'm going to spend a couple of those newfound points of luck to get that down to a regular old success. I rolled an 81 over 75. 81 over 75. Mm-hmm. All so right, six so points. You, uh, you, what do you do? Elbow or foot? You said kick the door down, right? I'm, I'm still, still clutching the box. So I, uh, um, sort of back, you could watch me back up across the alley and then sort of like, lunge forward and with my foot kind of put my weight against the the knob and the and the uh and the bolt and like just try to crush it open. Okay. So you hit it with such force that your foot basically goes through a part of the door. Um and you uh you don't knock it completely off its hinges, but there's enough of a hole there that you feel like you could keep keep going at it if you wanted to get it open. 
Great. I, I do so. <laughs> okay. Give me, this seems pedantic, but give me one more strength check. That's a success. Uh, yeah. Uh, 59 under 75. So you come up to the alley. You see someone quietly closing the door, locks it, obviously, and then just bolts, presumably, to get help. You just come up and you, boom, kind of knocks it up, and then, boom, the door bursts open. And we cut back to downstairs, where the stone slab is coming up. Margot standing there with her gun in her hand. Still sh- shook from seeing that mummified human tongue. Carter, almost against his will, helping Feruz scratch her curiosity. You lift it up and it really takes all your strength and it comes up and it um, kind of tukung, uh, stops at a certain point. Like you can keep pushing up so that you don't have to keep exerting force. And you see underneath what looks like a few dozen people. At first, that's what it looks like. And they're all like, like mouths open. But then you realize when you look that it isn't a few dozen people. It's like one pulsating mass that has all these faces coming out of it. Everybody roll nope. a sanity check. Nope. Close, it, close, close it, close it, close it, close it. I actually oh, quit the yeah. game. Rob lost his sanity check. <laughs> Goodbye. Or, 47 under 78. 47 under 78, success. 87 under my new 89. Oh my <gasps> god. Oh, Trying to keep it together. Is a rock. I got a 16 under 54. Holy shit! All right, so uh, everybody roll 1d4. All right. As I'm still shouting, close it! Close it, close it, close it! (laughs) I got a three. I got a two. I got a three. That's your sanity damage for succeeding. Ah. We gained that, right? (laughs) No, you lose that. Uh, Now, how many of you lost today, Carter? Just one from the tongue? From Mm -hmm. this session? From from this day. Oh, the day. Yeah, just one from the tongue. Three All from right, the so pulsating face uh, pizza. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> the pulsating face. You oh, just no. see all these faces. And as you're like, close it, close it, close it. They all begin weeping and shrieking. Just like. Aah! Oh, my God. And Vaughn, you hear that from downstairs. And also, close it, close it. Before you close it, I take a picture. Before you close it, I snap real quick because I didn't lose sanity, so I, I do it. All right, I'm closing like that. it. Let's just go. Everybody roll another sanity check for this horrible sound. And Vaughn, it starts to pierce your ears as well. It is a sound from another place and time. I like maybe even like drop to my knees and I'm like pulling up the carpet above the trap door. And is it open? Uh, yes, or is it, it is. unlocked? Yeah, I, I, in fact, the carpet is pushed away because yeah, Carter came. Yeah, I never closed down. it when I ran down there. I fling it. I fling it open, and uh, 
and I guess like that sound just amplifies as I open the door. Like <laughs> all the faces crying. Oh God! Oh God! Got to get out of here. Um, what did everybody get on their sanity roll? Thirty-eight under eighty-six. Wow. A twenty-six under seventy-six. Yowza! I failed that shit. No, no. Oh, I assume you know that my friends. Is- I'm not gonna point fingers, Nora. But it's your fault. <laughs> <laughs> I we assume that's who my, my friends character down was. There. Oh God! I, I up 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 there. Vaughn is like in one hand clutching the box, and in the other, shakily taking a pistol out of his out of his uh, belt, and just like, oh God, oh God, um, preparing for the worst. Um, and what was your uh, score? Your sanity roll, Vaughn? My sanity roll? Oh, oh no! Just from hearing it? Yeah. Mm-hmm. You didn't uh, see it, but you take. Uh, uh, you have to check your sanity oh, from the wailing awesome. sounds. All right, I rolled a thirty-nine over thirty-six. Oh. Margot and Favorus take one point of sanity damage. Carter and Vaughn roll one d six. That's fine. I'm gonna roll a one. I don't give a shit. I rolled a four. I rolled a three. Okay. So, Carter, that's four plus how many? Four plus uh, three. Plus one. Plus one. Four plus Eight. Okay. And what was your... Is that more than one-fifth of your... I started with... I started this session with 54. 54. Okay, so I think you're okay. Carter's okay. A couple more points, and you're going to be in trouble. Yeah. Are you able to unlatch this thing and drop it before something horrible happens. Let's get into Dex initiative here. Margo, you... Uh, what is your normal Dex? Um, 80. And you have a gun drawn. You were the only one with I a gun I think drawn. I might have put it down because I took a picture. That so I need to we, pick it up again. Can we just run? Yes. I'm just trying to see how fast you are. Um, Vaughn, what is your dex? 40. And were you, were you going down there with a gun? Um, I was, I think yes, that was the idea. Okay. And then Carter, what's your dex? 40. 40 and Feyruz? 55. 55. Okay. So. You're all standing there, and Vaughn comes flying down uh, the stairs, mm-hmm. wood chips all over his feet. Unhand them, you blackguards! As like I'm like through the through the door, and then I see you there, guts strewn all over the floor from these zombones. Yeah, I mean, you come down there and you see four dead bodies, just like entrails all over the floor, uh, and you see your friends, and then you look over, and you see this mass of faces, just Dear And that provokes a sanity roll from you. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> yeah, that's When the gonna... sanity comes in this game, it's just It's gonna be a failure. <laughs> 79 over 33. I need you to roll 2d4. 2d4? Mm-hmm. Okay. Because well, we all passed, so we only yeah. did 1d4. Oh, man. 1d4 and a pass. Oh, brother. Fail. Six. 
six. Roll that four is and enough two. for a break. <laughs> so, uh, where it's more than five in one shot, uh, give me, I think this is going to be the intelligence roll. I'm so like all over the place right now. Cause I, I didn't know what was going to happen. Uh, let me see here. I believe the, this is the one where you need to roll. Like break. you need to fail uh, it. One fit, a five from five plus from one source, make an intelligence oh, roll. Oh God, guys, and the chat. Look at the, the chat. This is no, the one. This is the one. It. Yeah, I don't need to roll. <laughs> what, if, I, I think this amount of sanity loss, I just... Did you go past one-fifth in a day? Because basically, if it's five from one source, that's when you roll, according to my cheat sheet here. I guess I did, because I just lost six, and I'd lost uh, three up there. My one-fifth of my sanity at the start of this session was seven. Oh, I'm just God. L- All right, I, so I you went past... So you nine, basically you took plus ten. five from one source, which would normally be temporarily nine. insane, but over a fifth in a day, you go indefinitely insane. <gasps> so... Um, oh, dear God. Um, what here's what I think. <sighs> what is your phobia again? That you think the dead are going to rise? <laughs> that's 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 what it was. What's happening? Yeah. Basically. Uh, and you look down phobia. there. Well, not so much a phobia as a mania. Mania, that's right, a mania. Mm-hmm. Uh, you look down there when you come in and you hear this sound and you hear this crying and you look down and you see all of these soldiers that you went to war with. And you know for a fact you watched every single one of them die. It's like 30 plus faces and they're all standing there and they're singing this like uh religious hymn. So the crying that you were hearing upstairs, you think to yourself, that's not crying, it's it's my friends and they're singing like uh morning is broken. Oh, or I something. sing a song of the saints of God, faithful and brave and true, who lived and loved and toiled and died for the Lord they loved and knew. This scene, like, we're all freaked out. This thing is screaming, and Vaughn comes running in with his gun drawn, but then starts singing with it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> and they're just going, <laughs> Let's go. Let's get him out of here. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Vaughn is... He is mentally lost right now, um, so he is going to need help being pulled out of here because he is just standing there singing with his friends. It now goes to Margot's turn. And, if, and after that, it's Feyru, so if you guys want to do some sort of combination to help your friend here, just t- talk me through what's happening. Uh, I think after... I think we, I mean, we need to cover this thing back up. No, 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 Go, go, let's run. <laughs> no? Just no, go? fuck it, no. All right, if we're just getting out of here, I know, Feyruz would probably just, like, put, like, a, just get one of uh, uh, Vaughn's arms under, you know, over, help him carry, and just, she starts trying to sing along with him, even though she doesn't know this song at all. And one was a soldier, and one was a priest, and and one was slain by a fierce wild beast. They were all of them saints of God, and and I mean God willing to be one too. Shut up! I'm like turning him around. Margo, you're you're there too as well. Are you just helping or are you running? Um, yeah, I definitely like to help Vaughn. Like I'm on the other side, like trying to coax him through the door. Once we get through the door, shut that door. 
Uh, Wait a minute, I'm still in there. Cardi, well, you're the last one. Me, <laughs> all of us. So I imagine Feyruz and Margot are like rushing Vaughn and trying to pull him away. What do you do? Me? Yeah. I, I like run up and I'm just like shoving everybody out the door. Okay. And do you shut the door behind you? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. Talk I'm to like, me about... I'm like, this is, this is like when you clog a toilet in a coffee shop. You don't tell anybody... You just fucking go. You pack up your laptop and you get out of there. Let's go. Carter, I really don't think we should have left that open. I... They'll deal with it. Just like the Ooh. coffee shop. Mm-hmm. Why are you shutting the door to the choir, Sturtling asked? Can't you hear them? I can. And you know what? We're going to. I heard that there's a concert going on at Carnegie Hall. We got to get there. They're going to be singing the, all the songs. This is just. We don't want to. We don't want to interrupt the rehearsal. Was a doctor and one was a queen. Mm-hmm. One was a shepherdess on the green. Let's go. All of them saints of God, and I mean God. This little stairway is just thin to. enough to fit one person, so you're all like struggling on this stairway to get up. Are you covering your tracks at all? Or are you just getting no, the fuck out no. of there? All right, you get out there. The door is busted down from Fawn's kicking, and you're just dragging him up the alley as he continues to sing. Uh, the song is now reverberating on the wall. Maybe you see lights go on in some of the apartment buildings because he's getting louder out there. And maybe people are coming to the curtain and looking down to see what's going on. And there's police sirens in the distance. And you just pull him away into the night. Oh, they live not only in ages past. There are hundreds of thousands still. I make a point to be like, shh, you're drunk. (laughs) And And I also wail along incoherently singing... And trail off as we, <laughs> as we take a word from our sponsor. Oh I need a twenty-five God. minute break. <laughs> the my saints God. of God are just folk like me, and I mean to be one too. Well, that got out of hand quickly. Uh-huh. Um, what the hell do you do now? Um, Vaughn is indefinitely insane. Um, all of you have experienced some sanity mm. damage. Uh, I didn't really check in with uh, Margot and Feyruz, but you both lost uh, a, a couple points as well. Yeah. How, how did that sort of land on you in the moment, uh, Margot? I think, yeah, she's been keeping it together mostly this whole time, and it's just this stuff is eating away at her, and sh- she, like, can't look away from what's going on and doesn't want to believe it, but like totally does now. And the sanity loss is like representing that where it's like maybe the slippery slope that she's just starting to slide down. What about you, Feyruz? Feyruz, as she like touches the book, as she's like moving things, as her hands are touching these items and in the, the intensity of the moment, she gets these like flashbacks of being in Peru, but then it goes to these like flashbacks of being initiated into this secret society. And then like the, those sorts of initiation rituals and then walking in on something maybe that she shouldn't have seen. And then goes back to where she is. Vaughn, what are you at now for total sanity? What a cool question. Uh, um, I, let's see. Uh, 
What a cool question. 30. Oh, do you, does chat have it? I'm sorry. Oh, if yeah. I was, wasn't doing my maths. Um, uh, I'm at 27, Troy. A I gentleman's 27. <laughs> a gentleman's 27. Uh, yeah, 2d4. I think that might be the, the largest single roll we've had in the game for it's straight the up blow. Um, yeah, I mean, you were already, you were teetering for so long, but in the, in the time between Peru and now, you, you've spent time to try and work on this. You've regained some sanity. Yes, yes. Quite, quite, quite sober, quite sane. Um, but, uh, and I saw a dang ghost earlier, too. I saw beloved, um, the beloved Oberon. Yes. But, um, but the whole, the whole regiment, all the fusiliers are back. We're all back. The holy trump has sounded. And now, all the dead shake off their clay and stride five abreast into the new Jerusalem. Vaughn, man, we don't have time for this. All right, we went through a fucking hell of a night just back there. And you come in, you know, whatever you were doing, you show up, and you don't know which way's up or down. Come on! Don't hurry! being Arabic hearing New Jerusalem is like, up, 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 up. <laughs> maybe, maybe we just, maybe we just get you some rest. Yeah, oh, you're friend. pissing off Beirut now. God <laughs> damn it. What happened to you when you were gone? What happened to you? Do you remember? Uh, yes, I, 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 I remember completely clearly. Fräulein, um, I saw what I believe, what I, I, I suspect I know is that Madari chap. And, and, what's more, I found, I found the Eucharist. And I, I take out the, the box, um, on the night before our Redeemer faced suffering and death, he took the cup of wine. And when he had given thanks, he gave it to his disciples, saying, Take this and drink. This is my blood of the new covenant, which is shed for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. And he draws out the vial, which is dancing in his hand. Oh, no, I'm, I, as I often drank as you shall earlier. Drink it, do this in remembrance of me. I'm While you're talking, she's, she's cupping it gently, trying to guide it back into the box. <laughs> <laughs> and Ferus is looking Praise around God to Margo. Praise God from whom all blessings flow. Uh-huh. Praise all ye creatures here yeah. below. Let's get Shut back up. to the hotel. Let's get Ferris back to the is looking at Margo and Carter being like, this is also very Christian-y. I'm not very familiar, but it doesn't sound very good. Yeah, uh, it's not. It's it's Catholic. It's all horrible. Let's go back to the hotel. Um, let's get him up there. Maybe we can call a doctor. Maybe they can give him something, a little, uh, you know, a little something. Knock him out. We can't be walking around the streets with... with well, Carter, this. don't you have something you can give him? Uh, it's some sort of narcotic? Is that what we're saying? You want me Maybe? to say this publicly? Uh... uh it's cool. It's cool, man. We're not. I have to tell you if I'm a cop, and I'm not. I don't. Uh, you're not going to narc on me, are you, favorite? <laughs> I mean, I can do a luck roll to see if Carter keeps a couple little uh, sedatives, little pills around. Little. Uh... Uh, sure. Yeah. You go do a luck roll. See if you happen to have some ampules uh, of totally legal narcotics. Something to calm him down. I mean, my luck is twenty-one. So nope, that's a ninety-seven. Uh, you only have speed. <laughs> Just make it worse. Uh, yeah, have you tried meth? It's new. 
You're staying at the Waldorf. It's his. The hotel's under his name. You're pretty far away. It's not like you can walk from 137th Street. Sorry, time out, Troy. Was that a fumble? Do you fumble on luck rolls? Mm, I don't think so. No. Just want to be above board. Yeah. um, So, you know, I imagine you've got to stuff him into a. I think they have cabs. I can't remember from the uh, the forward of the book. So oh. you, you're able to shove him in, and uh, maybe it even takes you two cabs because after a little while of uh, Vaughn's antics, the first guy kicks you up, get out of my car, and you pay him off, and you have to call another one. You finally get back, and now it's like the sun's coming up as you reach the Waldorf Astoria. You have a meeting with uh, Bradley Gray, <laughs> Erica Carlisle's lawyer, and like. Ten thirty in the morning, and it's quarter to five. I love it. And Vaughn is in rough shape, and uh, you know this isn't something that a sleep is going to just wash away. I mean, I'm sure he'll be a little bit uh, clearer head in the morning, but in terms of game terms, any sanity break now causes an episode. Uh, once you're indefinitely insane. As we're trying to head into a safe, uh, into our rooms. At any moment where we're seen publicly, Feyruz will absolutely act super drunk along with, uh, just to counteract whatever is happening with Vaughn at the time. Just to make it seem like we were just out having a good time. Nothing to see here. The bellman is just looking at you kind of. I even hand him like, like hand him a flat, like shove my flask from my pocket into his chest as like the revolving door open, like as we're pushing <laughs> Vaughn and ourselves into the revolving door. This is the Waldorf Astoria, madam. Please act with some decorum. Shh, it's our little secret, my friend. It's our little secret. As I shove my flask into his chest. Please, Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. Amen. I mean, you got the droning down of the Catholic song. The guy at the front desk is looking at you oddly as well as you go into the elevator and the door closes. You go up to Vaughn's room. What is the plan here? What What do you even do? What you just do you do? So much information and so much what the hell is going just on. just start what? smacking Vaughn around. Get a hold of yourself. Just taking all frustrations out on Vaughn's face. What's happened to you? Like, fully grab his face. What has happened to you? What is that? It's proof. Proof has happened to me. Faith without works is is dead, but faith we we rely on that which which we we have not seen, but I have seen it. You all saw it. The the, the dead have risen. And when I hear the dead have risen, I'm brought back. I have like a little flashback PTSD moment to that when we were in the little tunnels in Peru when he said those same things. Mm. <sighs> oh no. Now, perhaps his time now is at hand. His ways are inscrutable, but perhaps now, perhaps now, the gates open. 
all those who were taken from us shall rise again, as last night they were, and I shall hold him in my arms once more. And no one can stop it, not you, not those blackguards from the 14th Precinct who molested me last night. No one, no one. Margo pats you down a bit and tries to take your gun. Um, and a- like as she's doing that stealthily, I'm just like, you know what you need, my old friend? You need some sleep. Yeah, we have a big meeting in the morning tomorrow, and we can't uh, uh, you know, go about a business when we we we're you know, let me let me help you. Just tuck, and then I'm I'm like taking off his shoes and like you know getting yes. a space for him to rest. Maybe yes. bring some water over. Cardra grabs the the phone to phone the front desk, and he like you know does whatever he's got to do to get to the fr- the front desk. Uh, hello, uh, this is uh, Vaughn Villiers uh, calling up in room of uh, something, something. And I was just wondering if you could be a good sport and send a doctor up right now. I'm feeling a little bit gassy, if you don't know you what that means. You could have sent a doctor up right now? Yes, if you could just send anyone with, uh, from the medical profession up. Uh, I feel a, a spot of uh, fever coming on, if you don't mind. Thank you. Cheerio. Sir, no, no, what's wrong excuse with me, you? sir. Sir, you have be calls back. Uh, sir... There, there are no doctors available at the moment. It's 4.45 in the morning. This and is the Waldorf Astoria, is it not? This is ridiculous. There's no... Well, how would I uh, procure a medical profession? No. Um, you could uh, check yourself into an emergency room. Uh, mm, but that's that really sounds your only option. wonderful. Um, okay, thank you for the advice. If I can just hang up. <laughs> Vaughn is watching all this, and, and maybe uh, Ferris just hears a murmur, but that's... that's that's terribly odd. If I'm there, then who am I? No, 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 no. You've always been right here. Yes. You've always been right here the whole kind time. What kind of goddamn hotel is this? They don't have a doctor? They got You can get whatever... You, Oysters Rockefeller, you can't get we a doctor? Also, we also oh, don't have time for some this. Sleep. He we don't have time for sleep. any of this. We don't have time for sleep. We don't have time for him to freak out. We, we have a meeting, very important meeting, in five hours. Mm-hmm. And we're all stressed and retired and bloody and... Uh, brain broken, and what are we going to do? I think nothing. Three shots of whiskey and a good night's sleep won't fix. We like can't we're... sleep. <laughs> oh, you could sleep fine. I bet you have great dreams all the time, Margot. Oh, you and your German kinda... dreams. <laughs> you and your German dreams. Just kind of sighs and oh gosh, trying to figure out what to do. All right, guys, listen. <gasps> now we're Obviously... sharing German dreams. <laughs> We're gonna get kicked off of TikTok. Oh, not TikTok, of uh, Twitch. Oh, yeah, sorry, sorry. Parody, Carter's grabbing the reins here. That's what he says. Third person. Carter's grabbing the reins. All right, now listen. Yeah, we got an important meeting. Should we take it? Maybe. I don't know. That's not really a priority for me right now. Right now, it's about shushing up old crazy face over here, and it's about calling the goddamn cops. We gotta, I can't believe I'm saying this yet again. Seems to be a theme. We need to call and get a hold of, what's his name? Pool. We gotta call Pool. Okay, so when we call him, what, what do we show him as the evidence? He's coming here. We'll figure out, we're gonna get him to come here. We need to get the photos developed. 
Oh, yeah, oh, that is <laughs> Go get those photos developed. Second of all, we don't say the C word. I mean, yes, so funny. So funny. I was just thinking about how delightfully droll it would be if, if, if you fail Tillinghast. And then when, 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 when Mr. Adams is electrocuted and then and the poor blighter who throws the switch, the look on his face when, when, when Adams removes the shackles and walks alive away from old Sparky, for death has been banished from the earth. It's gonna be pretty crazy. <laughs> oh, to be in the You're room right. when it happens. <laughs> yeah, it's gonna be nuts. Guys, seriously, does no one have any pills? Does no one have anything? Mm. <laughs> I now that you're back in the room, regret I'm sure you have giving the doorman my flask. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure now that you're back there with all your stuff, you could find some sedatives to calm you down. <laughs> all right, all right, here. Vaughn, take this. This is, this, these are happy pills. Yes. Okay. This is the mini Eucharist. Hmm. The pill of Christ. Uh. <laughs> okay, all right. Uh, and then, you know, and perhaps, I'm so. Ross the player apologizes for all his interjections, and, and Vaughn is just kind of going slack in the. Against. Uh, there we go. There chest of drawers. Okay. This is a little <laughs> bit better. Okay. All right. Now listen. So we'll probably asleep. Not in the in the at the office. We gotta. I'm sure we gotta call him. Whenever you know, seven, eight. When do cops start working? I mean, what? Ugh. Ugh. Hey, I right. think about this. But what was our evidence? I cannot go get these photos developed somewhere. Right. What right do you now? need? What do you need? What are all the little because juices you people, need? Well, they we found dead bodies. <laughs> I need an itemized there, that's, list that's of one the thing. chemicals needed to develop photography in 1925. Go. Listen, <laughs> it's not that simple. We will not be able to get the photos developed right now unless I can maybe call my contacts and see if I know anyone in the city who maybe has a dark room in their yes. in their is their home. Can yeah. I roll yes. a luck roll for that? Uh, yeah, to see if you know someone in the city. Yeah, yeah. I mean, right. we don't even necessarily need the photos. We've well, got the ledger. We've got, I mean, we can just tell them to go check it out. No? Yep. Is that not enough? But, well, you have you the ledger, the but we all have photos of the the, the crates from, from the shipping house. We have mm-hmm. disemboweled bodies. Yeah, we took pictures at the at the shipping place, too. But, yeah, so I think Margaret knows artists in the cities, in the city, but she's not sure if anyone would have a dark room in their apartment or studio, private. I mean, can't we make a dark room in the bathroom? Yes, you know? but we need to go shopping and get chemicals and then set it up and then replace mm-hmm. the light bulb with the red lights and then, you know, we have to develop the film first and then you have to project it and then... Mm-hmm. Um, and it's got to hang, on, we, we have, have to, to dry paper. You could, and- while you don't know anybody, you could certainly, like, that's what you could do today. You could skip that meeting and go find a dark room that you could rent by the hour. If she doesn't know someone, she might mm-hmm. do that on her own while... Mm-hmm. Somebody else does other I'll stuff. go to the meeting. I feel so great. Let me see if I know a friend <laughs> who has their own spot. Because yeah. I feel like it'd be awkward trying to like develop photos like this in a public setting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're an artist. You might have some artist friends. Uh, and maybe Vaughn could come out of his stupor for just a second to be like, and, and if you're going to a chemist, perhaps they could also tell you the composition of this. He like, plops down the box and like, opens right it up. Right idea. Oh, right, those okay. fucking things. Oh, God, I forgot what? about the dancing vials. What is this? <laughs> the dancing vials. <laughs> oh, is these, I, these were the vials I found in Matari's apartment, uh, Ms. Chabron. You needn't worry. Oberon right. showed me precisely where they were. Oh, 
Oh, of course, yes. Oberon, this asshole's out there meeting fr- meeting people up and hanging out. <laughs> Oberon, shh, God, not the time. Okay. And you see the box that these vials are in has this horrific monster on it uh, with a g- giant like tentacle coming out where a face should be. Yeah, we've that that looks right. familiar. Yes, I think uh, right, bloody tongue and whatever. Uh. Feyruz will just get this, like, a uh, one of the towels from the room's bathroom and just, like, make a make a cold compress and, and sh- shh, she never went wrong. You just, you just lay down. You've had a long day. And we Ever can so take kind. care of this. Ever so kind, Miss Shibran. Um, Carter wants to take that box of vials and just, like, hide it. Just get it away from Vaughn. Like, maybe it goes in one of the other... In the bedrooms, and the wardrobe, underneath some clothes. Just tuck that thing away. We'll deal Can with I that. have a Vaughn's... I take Vaughn's hand in mine and just... As he's laying down and just starts humming this lullaby to try to lull him to sleep. As uh, as Margot is trying to call and, and as, <laughs> you know... In, in the midst of the chaos. I don't know anyone... In the city with uh, their own dark room. That's okay. Uh, You definitely can get access to one. I mean, they're going to be pretty private. Um, But yeah, Yeah. I can understand the concern with these particular murder scene photos. Here's what I can do. I can try to find um, like a public uh, dark room I could rent out for a couple hours, and hopefully it's just like only me in there or it's private. And this is what I can do today. I can get these photos developed as fast as I can. Uh, it should only take me a couple hours uh, to figure this out. Let's go over your sort of dangling things out there. Mm-hmm. You know, you've done a lot, but there are still some things that maybe you haven't explored. Maybe you're like, eh, not not that interested. Obviously, you want to uh, meet with this lawyer to see if you can set up uh, an appointment with Erica Gray or Erica Carlisle. His name's Bradley Gray. Um, Do you know what? We wanted to meet with Erica. Maybe for more information about the expedition, but for the book that we now have. Exactly. Right? Yes. I don't know if it was necessarily to get it from her so much as to get her involvement, I guess. Her ac- it, access to her files and papers. That she's all got the- something from her brother. Right. No, we the have s- the book. Mm-hmm. Yeah. She had other information related to the expedition and, and stuff, too, that- but. Here's the thing. I didn't bring my notes downstairs because I feel like I didn't bring them downstairs last session and we rolled really well. So now I don't <laughs> want to ever look at them again, which is, might be a problem. <laughs> yeah, but giving those, having, having duplicates of those pictures would be great because you could then give them to Schosenberg too to publish if the pool thing doesn't pan out. Schosenberg. Yes. Noted. I'll make multiple prints. God, yeah, what else? Yeah, Maybe God, don't and, look at them directly. When, is there a way to not look at them? Oh, yeah, in case drive you them all have insane. Like, you keep getting well, sanity we've seen them once. Don't, do we get some sort of, like, desensitization? Yeah, you do, uh, you know, some, there's some things that, like, every time you're exposed to it, but normally it's, like, the first time you're exposed to it is when you have to, uh, you know, roll sanity, and then you get desensitized to it, and then if it, a long time passes before you see it again, you get uh, you have to roll again. But basically, yeah, you could look at those when they're done. You've also, you do have this book. Um, 
you've got that you can look through um, if you so choose um, there was that flyer um, for the yeah. cult of darkness um, uh, maybe a, a something that uh, Jackson went to or was interested in going to um, yeah so so talk me through this morning some of you aren't going to get a lot of sleep um, if whoever's going to go to the Bradley Gray meeting if you go to sleep now you're going to get about two and a half hours because I imagine this is not going to be restful sleep um, um, we could we could do a try or a quad split I don't know I, what I don't really know what's going on with the indefinite insanity. Like, will Vaughn yeah, ever be I, able to do anything again, or is he just shitting himself the whole time? If I, if like I wake up, am I... keep an eye on him, or...? He's just on it. After Freak. after this pill, he'll wake up and be... You know, he'll seem just fine. Okay. Uh, but any other sanity damage will cause another break. Another break, got it. Okay, one great. point of sanity damage. Uh, so some of these, you take one point even on success, and that would be enough to trigger an episode. Okay. Um, so we've got a Bradley Gray. We've got pictures. I think we know who's doing that. Um, and I mean, we could if we could do the the lecture guy. Maybe that could be Feyruz because she knows him or might know him from Miskatonic. Mm-hmm. Part of me, or I, I realize I Vaughn's not in this conversation, but like, pretend we're talking about Vaughn yeah, as if Ross we're thinking is. of Let's his thoughts. But Ross is. Yeah. I don't know. Like, um, the. And getting part of me is like, if you could get the cops into Juju House, yeah, we got to get as soon that. as yeah. possible, yes. so that, because they know that we were in there. We left a lot of traces of of uh, wreckage, so we don't want to give them an, a chance to clean up around there before the yeah, authorities can roll up. So that's maybe four they things. were already there because if we heard sirens when we left and the door was knocked in, knocked down. Yeah. But we need to hit up. If they called cops, it would be there. Yeah. yeah, we got to hit up pool directly because he knew about Robeson. Yes. And he and you guys went back to him a second time and talked to him. Yeah, at least give him a call. Yeah, yeah. Um, so that's four things. We could try giving Akula a call right now. Explain what happened. Yeah, it's five. Yeah. Maybe it? not. Five in the maybe not. Now? Tell him that we yeah, five thirty. Maybe. <laughs> yeah. We need to. Yeah, we got to get face to face. Right there. Okay, so if you call the precinct now before you go to bed. And ask for Lieutenant Poole. They say, uh, hold on. Uh, Poole's not going to be in until around uh, 10 or so, maybe 11 right. in the morning. Cool. Can I take a message? Uh, yeah. I guess I'm on the phone now. Uh, <laughs> just uh, tell, tell him that uh, uh, Margot and Feyruz uh, want to talk to him. Uh they were by before. This is their valet. <laughs> uh, Gonson. All right. I'll uh, leave the message. Oh, uh, the Waldorf Astoria rooms. Okay. Got it. Oh, great. I think I nailed that, guys. <laughs> <laughs> he hangs up. Boom goes the dynamite. <laughs> All right. So Boom 10 a.m. Okay, I, I think I can get these developed before he gets into work. It should only take me a few hours, so. All right, and as soon as you're done, maybe we can both go over and have a chat with Detective Poole. Yes, is there anything else we want to bring? Um, any other evidence? Should we oh, bring here's the, the ledger. Take so the I have ledger. the book. Oh, I yeah. have a book, and we'll take that ledger. Did you take, like, the headband or anything? Oh, the you knife? know what? I forgot. I got this thing in my pocket. It's the human tongue. 
Oh my god. Connor reaches it, drops it by accident, steps on it, has Margo sees it and has like a moment because she lost sanity when she saw it and she's just like, uh, oh, where did that come from? I got dust on it. <laughs> blowing on it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, give him this thing. Oh, okay, dry heaving as she. Um, alright, so. Guys are going to get a little bit of sleep. And then early in the morning, Margaret's going to get up and go try. You know, places aren't going to open at 9 a.m. Uh, if you've got to rent a spot. So let's say you head to a place, you want to be there for 9 to start doing that. Uh, sometime after 10, you could head to the precinct to try and meet with Poole, unless he calls you back. Uh, at 10.30, I believe it's 10.30, um, you have a meeting uh, with Bradley Gray on the Upper East Side. Uh, Gray and... What was the name of that? Uh, I have 10 a.m. in my notes. Oh, you have 10 a.m.? Okay. Dunstan Whittleby and Gray at West 57th Street. Oh, it's actually on the in Hell's Kitchen. So uh, Dunstan Whittleby and Gray, 10 a.m. So, yeah, you, no one's getting a lot of sleep. Um, Vaughn, are you going to sleep this off, or are you just going to wake up with everybody else and start your day? And if so, who are you going with? So that depends on what people want. Uh <laughs> Who's going to meet Bradley Gray, I should say? And who's going to see Poole? Um, well, <laughs> according to the phone call, I guess uh, Margo and I are going to go see Poole. I'm sorry. I only did that because you guys had gone to him the second time. So I figured yeah, there was like a rapport. Totally fine. <laughs> so shall Carter and I go to the... Go to the um, yeah, law but, firm. But Nora, if you don't, if you would rather do, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh no, else. totally fine. I absolutely love that. Like you made that decision, and I'm like, yeah, I guess that's what we're doing. Okay, I'll ask, I'll ask <laughs> you this, later. Troy, mechanically, just because I'm yeah. not altogether certain. Yeah, you you mentioned sleeping off. Is there an amount of sleep <laughs> that I could get that would reduce the? I say we don't find out and just go. If not, then... <laughs> yeah, no, it's really all flavor at this point. Great. So uh, in that case... Okay. We're just going to be uh, on, off, off... Just do your thing, filter. Ross. I think, yeah, when you when you wake up, Vaughn's already awake, just standing, rigid, smoking. Oh. Like, Came into my room. Mm-hmm. Uh, you good, Vaughn? Of course, old man. Never better. All right, great. Let's, uh... I just gotta shave real quick. It shouldn't take long. <laughs> Carter goes to shave and fucks up so many times that he has like just tiny little <laughs> tissue papers all over the the, the visible side of his face because he's oh, so no. fucked up, <laughs> so shaky. All right, let's uh, go. Feyruz, are you heading uh, to develop these photos? Or are you gonna hang back and call Miskatonic? Um. Well, that's an interesting question. Who would I be calling at Miskatonic that might be interested or helpful or useful? This uh, Australian lecturer. Um, okay. I'll hang back and call and uh, just tell Margot I'll meet up with her in case she needs anything. Okay. All right. Where do we begin? We'll start with... Um, Margot arriving at the uh, place, renting a, a spot, goes in. 
you know, dark room, flips the lights, just red lights. I mean, I don't know what they look like back so then. So listen, when you are <laughs> developing your film, you go into a pitch black room in order to take it out of your camera and you're fumbling around in the dark, like not being able to see and you're trying to like spool it into this thing, get it in there and then you can turn the lights on and then start adding chemicals at different times and temperatures. So, but the, it starts out pitch black. Oh, I love that. By yourself. Mm-hmm. We just see you just like fumbling from around. Like obviously it's pitch black, but we can see. Um, and we're just slowly moving in behind you as you're fumbling at your camera. Almost like there's another presence in the room. We hear the, the, the face, the face. She's wall. like oh. struggling to line up the film with the spool a little bit more than she usually does. Just cause she really wants to get that light back on. She's had a rough night, obviously. Ugh. Finally get it out and you get to work. And I don't know the process other than what I've seen on TV, and I'm sure it's changed a lot from how they did it in 1925. But uh, talk me through this. What does this What does this process look like to you? So, a lot of the developing process, I feel like it's just muscle memory, knowing to do this for X amount of time at this temperature with this chemical. So she's got a bit of time before I feel like the more interactive printing part of it to just like it's. To, to think in, about what just happened, whether she wants to or not, um, until she gets to the printing phase of it. So yeah, she's just adding chemicals to the container that the spool is in, agitating it mindlessly, just staring out, stirring, agitating for 14 minutes exactly. Oh, the timer went off. Okay. Empties it. Rinses it a few times. The next chemical agitates spaces out. Luckily, there's a timer every time, so she doesn't do it for too long or mess up. Um, but yeah, after it's all done, she can take it out, unravel it, and like maybe hold it up to the light for the first time and just look at the negatives. Okay. And how long does that process take? Um, I don't know about the 1920s. <laughs> Three um, days. <laughs> <laughs> let's say 30 minutes. Okay. Um, Michael, it's a one-hour photo situation. Yeah, it's one of our, <laughs> Michael, if you can let me know in the in our side chat here, is it fr- it's Thursday morning now, right? Uh, so I believe it's Thursday, um, and the dark of the moon is Saturday and Sunday. Yeah, Thursday, January twenty-second. Thank you, Michael. Um, you have no other standing appointments for the rest of the week, but you do know that whatever the importance of the dark of the moon is, that is uh, two days away. So you're developing, and you start to look at the negatives, and you hold them up to the is it the red light? Who knows how they did it back then? You're looking, and you see um, people coming in out of Juju House. You see uh, the dead bodies, and I mean they're just mangled. It's hard to even tell that there was they were monsters because they look they look like they were brutally slaughtered uh, when in fact you were just defending yourself with your new sawed-off shotgun. Then you see the room with all the things in it. The robe hanging on the wall, the uh, spiked hand, uh, the <laughs> carters smushing that lockbox full of who knows what. Oh, you um, got me on camera? God. <laughs> <laughs> Burn that one. Then you see um, this image that you don't remember, and it's so strange because you're staring at it, and you're like, what the hell is that? And then you realize it looks like that mask that you were staring at. 
but something about it, it, it doesn't jar with your memory of it. And maybe so, the fact that it's a negative is confusing me, and maybe when I print it, maybe that's what she's thinking, like, oh, this must be more familiar maybe once I print it. Yeah. So then we move on to that phase of the printing, and all these pictures start to come out, and you see this other one now, the multi-faced monstrosity that was in the pit. But then you find that one with the mask, and I imagine we see it like slowly come into vision, and it's you standing there with this basket mask over your head, just screaming. I think she, as soon as it becomes apparent, like the image starts to fully be there and she sees what it is, she just like jumps back from the tray, stops agitating it. Um, it probably continues to develop and it burns out a little bit. Um, and she's just, wait, how is this possible? How is this possible? Like in her head, what's happening? She's looking at the negative again, the order of the picture she took. She's like, no, there must be a reason how, how this can't be me. How did this happen? Yeah. A and then we cut. Yeah. We cut from there to Vaughn and Carter, ripping smokes, walking to West 57th Street. I feel great. I don't know about you. I feel awesome. <laughs> <laughs> I'll had uh, a couple hours of restless sleep. There's snow, ba- you know, there's still snow all over the ground. Maybe there's even a light flurry out, but at least it's daytime. You don't have that extra added um, nervousness that comes from walking around at night. Um, and you get to uh, the offices of Dunstan, Whittleby, and Gray. And you go upstairs to the front desk. Yes, how may I help you? Uh, hello, uh, we're here to meet with Bradley Gray. Um, this is Masters, uh, Tillinghast and Villiers. And the woman is just staring at your, um, half face. Oh, madam, I've noticed that you've taken an interest in my half face. Um, <laughs> uh, I can assure you, my sweet, I am even more handsome on this side of my face. He tinks the. Oh, no, I'm sorry. I, I, I didn't mean to. I, I've just, I've never um, seen anything like that. I'm, I'm so sorry. It happens it all the time. It's quite rude of me. No, um, no, no, please. You, you, were, you were here to see Mr. Whittleby or, or Mr. Who, who was it Mr. again? Mr. Gray. Uh, Gray. 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 Um, all right. And uh, Tillinghast and... Villiers. Uh, Villiers. Uh, yes, I have uh, 10 o'clock here. Um, please have a seat. I'll, I'll check to see if Mr. Gray is ready. Thank you. I, I nearly stumbled over my words because I was... Taken aback by your beauty, madam. Oh, you're too kind. Uh, um, and then he realizes he's got all these paper towels, all these toilet paper bits on his face. She just looks at you like you're a monster. <laughs> I'm <gasps> fine. Um, and then she goes back. Uh, yes, uh, Mr. Gray, we'll see you right now. Um, oh, she brings you back. It's a small office. This isn't like the New York Times, um, but it's nice. And there's uh, three main offices and then a couple of desks for, like, assistants. Um, and uh, 
She brings you to the last one at the end, and it just says, uh, Bradley Gray, partner. And you look inside, and sitting behind the desk is a slender, uh, well-dressed man, but almost like, uh, foppishly dressed. Uh, he's got like a big ascot, fluffy oh. ascot. Uh, he's got dark, wavy hair that's graying just at the temples. Um, and he's smiling. He's got a very uh, bold, white smile and uh, maybe some worry lines around his eyes and mouth, but he looks rather uh, cheerful uh, when compared to some of the other uh, people you've met. Um, and he says, oh, uh, please sit down. Um, Mr. Tillinghast. Uh, that would be me, Carter Tillinghast. Good to meet you, sir. Yes, pleasure. And uh, you are, you'd then be Mr. Villiers, yes? Yes, indeed. All right, please. Well, uh, sit down. Um, your uh, associate is looking at this paperwork. Mr. Uh, Ramsey uh, tells me you have an interest in speaking with my client, uh, Miss Carlyle. Uh, I'm sure you understand that Miss Carlyle is quite busy. She is a bit of a socialite, uh, humanitarian. She has a lot of interests, um, as well as just running the Carlyle estate. Uh, may I ask what this is in reference to? Uh, you may, of course. Go ahead. What is this in reference to? Gotcha. Uh, well, first of all, I want to go ahead and apologize in advance. <laughs> Mr. Villiers and I had a bit of a night last night, kind of took in the sights of the town. We're tourists. I don't know if you can tell. Oh, yes. And we got after it last night. So I do apologize if we have a bit of a brain fog right now. Well, it's uh, to be expected. New York is uh, the city that never sleeps. Uh, yes, that's we've learned that. And among uh, many other things that it does not do. Uh, yes, so listen, this is a bit of a sensitive situation, so I do hope that we have your utmost uh, assurance that this information does not leave these walls apart from getting back to your client. Oh, well, yes, I, I don't speak to anybody. It's not as if you have uh, attorney-client privilege, but, um, you know, I don't, uh, I don't tell tales after school if that's what you're worried about, Mr. Tillinghast. Right, right. Well, as long as we have the Hippocratic Oath going on. Now, listen. It's not how that... What? No, uh, please continue. So, yes. Um, uh, we may have received information hmm. via various sources pertaining to Erica's brother's expedition. He bristles a little bit and uh, maybe even caught him rolling his eyes. Hmm. Now, I know what you're thinking, sir. You're thinking... These two incredibly handsome gentlemen are in here trying to shake me down, trying to get some money, trying to take part of the, in the fame and the fortune and all the headlines, the tabloids, if you will, that did surround this particular expedition. Um, Mr. Tillinghast, I, I'm sure your time is valuable as is mine. Absolutely that not. entire Whatever. case is closed as far as we understand, and yes. I'm sure my client, Miss Carlyle, does not want to drudge up any bad memories of, of her deceased brother. Now, of course, what of, I... course of course, we, and we Go understand on, that you, um, you um, have the best interests of your client at heart, and we have no interest in causing any sort of scam. We wish to be as discreet as I'm sure your client does. We wish only to perhaps interview her and peruse, if we may, what papers she may have in her effects. For to carry on the work of our departed comrade who was uh, delving into the mysteries surrounding uh, her brother's unfortunate uh, expedition in Africa. 
um, that we may um, shed a greater light on the misfortune that occurred. Mr. Vivius, I, 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 well, I do uh, apologize for your um, loss. You mentioned you had a friend who passed. Uh, I'm sure you can imagine the number of people that have tried to interview my client. Everyone wants to be the one that writes the next book on Roger Carlyle. Um, but uh, this is not something uh, she is interested in. We are not uh, looking for you or anyone to uh, tarnish the Carlyle name, whether that's your intention or not. So uh, I, I just don't see... Um... Do you think she would be interested to know that at least one member of that party was spotted alive after the assumed death of the party? I beg your pardon. We are under a... Uh... Great assumptions that... No, not assumptions, because that would imply that I'm making an ass out of yourself and myself. That's not what I'm doing here, clearly. Um, I'm no ass, sir. I... Right. We have it on good authority that at least one member of that party was spotted in Hong Kong. Who? And when? And where did you get this information? Vaughn? These were, uh, this was the research and indeed the life's work of our, um, our compatriot, the departed Jackson Elias. Elias, was he that, um, wait, Jackson Elias, was he the author that was just found murdered not but uh, a few days ago? Unfortunately, the very same. And this was a friend of yours? Yes, indeed. So you have it from this deceased man's authority that he saw a member of the... Which which member, may I ask? Uh, um, Jack Brady, I believe, was the name of the gentleman in question. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, Brady. That lines up with my notes. Yes, well... And, and, and so it was um, yes. the subject of our companion's research that not all the members of the exhibition perished... If that is the the case, it complicates the picture uh, formed by the authorities. Uh, I I understand that, but do you have any proof uh, as to this? I cannot just set up a meeting uh, on uh, hearsay. Um, I will say my interest is uh, ever so slightly piqued. But if we'd like a meeting with Miss Carlyle, I'm going to need more than uh, uh, a dead man's assumptions. No offense, uh, me meant... I just think that Carter starts to pretend cry. I mean, just the way you're talking about it makes it sound like it's all so trivial, sir. How dare you belittle the death of our... I meant no offense. I meant no offense at all. I just, um... I'm sorry, we've, we've... Ever since um, this whole mess, Miss Carlyle has been inundated with uh, people wanting to um, <laughs> suck at the Carlyle teat. I'm not trying were. to suck anything right now. Well, <laughs> what do you uh, see a meeting with Miss Carlyle? Like, what would you do other than tell her this information? Because I could easily pass this information on. Vaughn? Um, Yes, of course, but the intimacy between Miss Carlyle and her brother, I believe, would would, uh, lend uh, clarity and depth to her recollections, which might um, be lacking in uh, 
in a mere message passed um, ear to ear. And also there's the matter of the papers that she has in her collection. Uh, papers that I believe our friend was eager to peruse, and we would, would be falling short in our uh, duty to his departed soul if we did not seek to uh, take up the mantle of his great work. And we'd, we'd be willing to wipe, wipe away the fake tears. And also we'd be willing to sign any sort of NDA or anything that you think would be appropriate oh, in terms of protecting uh, the Carlisle name uh, so that we would we would promise to not go to the press. You could hold us liable. Uh, all that whatever uh, jargon. Oh, no, yes. We would certainly want to leave the press out of this. We don't need yes. anything besmirching the Carlisle name. No, no, no. Give me a, so much. Give me a persuade or a fast talk here, whatever angle you guys want to go. If anything, I should hope this would provide succor and comfort to Miss Carla, knowing that there is a possibility that her brother is among the living. It, 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 um, I find it is frequently a comfort to, um, to find that, um, what you thought was dead. We got it, Vaughn. We got the whole, we got the whole picture painted. Thank you, sir. I'm gonna go ahead and roll persuade here. <laughs> I rolled a 42 under 65. He, uh, especially the idea that you might take this to the press and blow this up. He doesn't like that. He has to protect the Carlisle name. Uh, he's like, well, I, I suppose I could set up a meeting. I would, of course, be present for this. I should have of you know course. that would—that's her choice, not mine. Sure, of course. Um, but it's only right for me to be there. And uh, should the interview go awry at all, we'll, we'll end it. I just have to let you know that uh, that's how these things work. Um, but that doesn't uh, erase the fact that Miss Carlyle is very busy. Very busy. Uh, she has parties to throw and galas to host and uh, sure. appear at. So we are, uh, she, uh, uh, we are both from money. If you had yes, of course. Cool. Um, um, no doubt. Uh, is she um, hosting any uh, galas in, in the city uh, anytime soon? Um, I, I don't believe she has any in the city, um, but I know she has one uh, tomorrow evening at her home, um, which means I would not be able to secure any type of meeting with her until at least uh, next week, maybe middle of next week, or early next week, if you're lucky. Um, but if you leave a, a number, I can talk, contact uh, Mr. Ramsey and let you know uh, if I'm able to uh, secure a meeting with her. I could, sure, uh, or if you want to just get us invitations to that party, we can just kind of take five minutes of our time and give um, a quick chit-chat. This is a uh, $1,000 plate dinner. I don't think it would be something we can just give out for free. Um, is that true, Vaughn? Yeah. Would that be a real problem? What's the exchange rate going these days between dollars and pounds? Yes, I believe I can make that work. <laughs> I'm sure it's for charity. Yes, it is a charity, Gayla. I can have uh, my man in London wire the money. Well, um... I'm sure uh, Miss Carlyle would be... Uh, very happy to take your money for a very worthy cause. And of course we would be able to bring uh, dates, I would assume, right? It's a thousand dollars a head. Um, and now he's looking at you, he's like, there's no way they can afford four thousand dollars. Um, well, and even that's, dates. I mean, that's a... <laughs> well, I was like, oh, that's a, that is a lot. <laughs> but, it's a hefty sum in 1925. Probably too hefty, I just made it up. Um, but... <laughs> Uh, if you, um, but if this is something you're interested in pursuing, have your man, Ramsey, uh, contact me and I'll see what I can do. Yes, of Otherwise, course. Otherwise, a meeting. 
next week. Sure, but the party sounds more fun, and we could get everyone involved. Yes, well... Uh, Maybe play some ragtime? Um, no, no, it's yes. not that type of party at all. Um, oh. I would love to speak more, but we, uh, we have a busy day here at, um... At my place of work, whose name I can't remember. Dunstan will be in grey. Of course, we saw the sign. Yes, if you ever get in trouble, don't call us. We oh, yes, we've seen your... copyright law. We've seen your advertisements on uh, <laughs> bus stop benches. billboards. Um, All right. Uh, I mean, is it, I, just for the sake of this uh, spot hidden, is there anything around this office yeah, that sure. gives, me, gives me... Oh, my gosh, I rolled a six. Which I believe is an extreme success. It is. 675. 675. Yeah, you know, you don't see anything of interest in this office whatsoever. Um, Glad I used it. Nice. There's no pictures of family, so maybe you learn a little bit about him. He seems to be a single fellow. Um, confirmed bachelor, I see. Confirmed bachelor, as it were. And, uh, yeah, no, uh, it, it, it looks like business, uh, business is going pretty well for uh, him. Uh, it's possible that Erica Carlyle's his only client, and that's all he needs to make his money. Um, but he will contact Ramsey and let you know about the, the dinner <laughs> as well as the meeting. Right. Mm-hmm. Awesome. And if you, is there a fruit plate anywhere on the way out? Do you guys have bananas or just some oranges? I just feel a little depleted. From- There's not. Okay. Well, thank you again for your time. Uh, we will not <laughs> hold the lack of fruit against you. There is a bowl of wax fruit that you find out the hard way is not real. I see. Yeah, Carter takes the does the like the bounce off the elbow, grab it. This is something fake. From there, we go back to the hotel, Waldorf Astoria, and um, while Margot is developing those photos, um, Favors is trying to get in touch with this professor. Uh, Can we do it like a cinematic recap of like how? So Margot is like fumbling in the dark with her, with the, with the, it, completely in the dark with the roll of film. And then Margot, I mean, I mean, and then Faye Ruse is just sprawling out both the book that she just found and her personal journal and the charcoal rubbings from Peru and all of these notes that she had made sprawled all around the coffee table. And then we go back to Margot and she's like, <laughs> mixing up chemicals in the red light and then back to Feyruz as she's like, you see her tracing a finger along as she's reading the contents of this new book that she has found that's forbidden. And then back to Margot as she's hanging up this photos that she's developing and then back to Feyruz as she's like dialing a rotary phone with her like red <laughs> manicured chipped fingernail and then back to Margot as she's like looking at this photo and seeing herself in it <gasps> and then back to Feyruz as it's this David Lynchian zoom in on like the holes <laughs> of the receiver end of this rotary phone <laughs> and that's I love where this. we start the scene I love this <laughs> right next to you is uh, Africa's Dark Sex Open by Nigel Blackwell published in 1920 Sexto Sixteen. Uh, pages. They're like pages folded into 16 leaves, so it's a 32-page book. It's a blue pasteboard cover with marble endpapers and blue-stained page edges. And maybe as it's open, we just see your eyes uh, catching the inscription that says, Property of the Trustees of Harvard University on the inside cover. It's the one that... It's the one that was in Atwright's collection. get through 
you ask to speak with Professor Cowles, you get bounced around a little bit, and finally um, you get a number and uh, a voice picks up. Oh, God, I got to do an Australian accent. Uh, yes. <laughs> Remind me what the professor's name is. Uh, the professor's name is uh, Anthony Dimsdale Cowles. Anthony, is that on the local game? Oh, I can't wait. Cowles? Cowles, uh, C-O-W-L-E-S. Okay. Uh, but you hear a young woman's voice pick up. Uh, Good day. Yes, hello. I'd like to speak to Professor Cowles, please. This is a very urgent moment. Uh, who may I ask is calling? This is a uh, graduate student of uh, at, from Miskatonic University. We are uh, in the same line of research. My name is Fairuz Gibran. Fairuz Gibran? Uh, well, my father's very busy. He cannot take calls from students right now. Oh, uh, it's perhaps your father. You can... Yes, perhaps you can well, set up an appointment. Well, as one with... daughter's, uh, one professor's daughter to another, I can assure you I've been through all of the uh, the, the hoops and, and bells and whistles. Uh, this is actually an emergency, so if you could please put your father on the line right now, because I this is absolutely urgent to his studies. Well, I don't think anything could be so urgent that he would need to be called away at the I moment. I assure you it is. If you set up a meeting with him for office hours, I'm sure you can uh, talk to him in person. If it's so important, aren't you here? You could uh, go meet him right now. He's over his office, as he is not here. Um, but if you tried his office and didn't get him, then I don't know what you tell him. If it's so important, you'll find him. I would like to tell you right now that <laughs> being in, in a similar situation as yourself, being a professor's daughter in in. The chair. I, I, I would like to save you some trouble of being uh, reprimanded later on for your misguided decisions. Why don't you just tell your father right now that I am on the line, no matter what he is doing? All right. Click. <laughs> <laughs> and she hangs up. <laughs> no! <Yeah. laughs> Wait, she said he was in his office right now, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so call, call again, call, and you get to his office, and it just rings through and rings through. Fucking Australians, man. You can't trust them. You really can't. Really, Everything. all of their vowels just it's meld just into one vowel. I'm just glad I don't have to do that accent again. You nailed it. <laughs> you did that. <though. laughs> it was a little New Zealandy. It gets it. I don't know the difference. I don't know either. <laughs> yeah. Is your father there? No. No. Um, so yeah, a little. Uh, you weren't expecting that. Maybe you'll get lucky if you call again later. Um, and uh, the daughter doesn't pick up. Go ahead and give me a no roll for a second. Uh, is this everybody what, or what role? A no role, uh, just like an intelligence uh, an role. Intelligence role, okay. Yeah, it's going to oh, be the K-N-O-W. best. K N O W. No, yes. I rolled a forty-five <laughs> under eighty. Give me a yes roll. Uh, <laughs> no, uh, you seem to remember tales of this professor coming to Miskatonic. It's kind of a big deal, and even though it's not directly in your department, um, you know you're. 
you're in the know. It's not like you attended one of his lectures per se, but like, you know, and you know that he brought his daughter along with him. And like every guy at Miskatonic is falling in love with this girl because she came to campus and she walks around, um, just garnering the attention of all the young men at Miskatonic. Uh, so this, you're starting to put two and two together and realize this is this, uh, girl that probably thinks she's pretty hot shit. Right. I'm just wondering if I could maybe have my father call in a favor for me. Oh, is it time to call dad before you meet up with Margot? Yeah. Okay. How does he talk? <laughs> I also tell Australian. me his name is Nadim. Nadim. Um... Yes, I imagine, uh, hello. <laughs> hello, daughter. I uh, love putting you on the spot like this. Are you Colin? Hello, who is this? Baba, it's me. Perus? Yes. Where, where are you calling from? Uh, well, I'm in New York right now. Um, I... New York? It is not safe for a girl your age to be in New York City. Really, it's not this safe. Instant. And she just rolls her eyes. <laughs> you know, I'm not going to do that, Dad. Uh, listen, I've been so I've sort of been giving you the ins and just the bare bones details, and she has. Did you Peter's bring your cat to New York been. City with you? <laughs> <laughs> you it's know, this city is filled with felines. I just this can't escape. Everywhere that you turn, and there's the sirens and, and and fire trucks and and cats. Yes, um, I know New York very well. But uh, are you okay? Fear are you safe? Fear is actually, I, I'm all right. I'm all are right. Are you in I'm love? Right. Are you dating someone? No, no. Can you, you just know, listen? I'm I'm actually conducting. You're not getting I'm, any younger, Fairuz. Your mother and I met a nice man <laughs> who is an engineer, and he. Would like to marry you, but you have <laughs> to I leave said, New York City. And I said no the last ten times. That no, you've done this, this is a fourth engineer. Yes, but the tenth husband you tried to <laughs> pawn me off to, and that's I can assure you, it's not going to work. So, why right, don't you need my daughter? Well, you know that I have been giving you brief correspondences on my. Research and she actually Feruz has been giving him details on what's been going on. Um, I feel like I'm a little over my head, to be honest. I'm trying to reach this professor who's visited Miskatonic, who's based in Australia. I'm sure you've know, perhaps you've know his name. Um, I sorry, what is his name again? Desire uh, keeper. Anthony Dimsdale Cowles, I believe. Cowles. Uh, Professor Cowles based off of us, based in Australia, but I told you about the things in Peru and the person that led us on this expedition has been murdered, as you know, and we've been trying to... He's been murdered? Isn't this the friend you went to meet when you went to New York City? When was he murdered? Just, ah, what is it, two weeks now? Just like less uh, one week ago. Uh, just, uh, Baba is just a week ago. 
What a week and I, and I know that it's, that it's nefarious and somebody, I know that he knew something. And we found this book that's been tied into what he was looking for in this antiquities shop and in, in, in this basement and the, Baba, there were bodies, disemboweled bodies. There was, they would not. Listen, you take after me. Your search for knowledge is insatiable. And I love you for that. But these, these journeys can be fraught with danger. I do not want you to end up like your friend. Dead bodies, secret basements, books, unmarried women, your age. This is... I fear for you. This is unlike... This is, this is my life's work, though. This is, this is everything that I've... That, that I've... All, all, all of the secret knowledge, it's, it's all coming to light slowly, but I know that I'm... I, I feel like I just don't know what direction to step in. But I can't stop now. You wouldn't yes. step, you wouldn't stop now. You no. wouldn't want me to stop now. No, but what good is a life's work if there is no life to have? You must always know when to stop. If yes. anything ever happened to you. But there are things, there are things happening that are, that are dealing with people's insanity and... I just... I think about Mama and how... What happened to her and how... The things that she was writing and it all just... Yes, yes, we do not need to think about such things. But I do. How <laughs> How can I live the rest of my life? How can I look at, at, at her at her journal? How could I... Then she left so suddenly and, and the things that she was saying, it all sounds the same. should not be reading that same. journal. Do you not think I think of these things too? You never Every talk day. about it. You never talk about it. Because it is dangerous to think about. It is dangerous to talk about. It is best to just move on. And you must do the same. You and I know that we both cannot move on from this. I will call Miss Katonic for you. Thank you. Please, be safe. I'll try. Thank you, Bubba. And he hangs up. So at least you know your dad's going to try and take care of this. You know how long it's going to take. So you go meet up with Margot. Yeah. Head over to take a dip in the pool. Lieutenant <laughs> pool. Um, you uh, head downstairs to the lobby to meet up with Margot. And, uh, the, uh, person working the front desk, uh, sees you. And it's not the same one that saw you come in drunk. Uh, so he doesn't know you're a scumbag. <laughs> uh, it's like, uh, excuse me, excuse me, are you, are you with, are you staying with Mr. Villiers? Uh, yes. We have a message for him, um, from, uh, are you, can you take his messages or? Absolutely, I could take those messages for you. All right, uh, here. And, uh, he hands you a note. It just says, uh, it's a message from Rebecca Schosenberg. 
uh, and says, call me urgent. Okay, let's, let's call her before going to pool. He doesn't know that we're coming, so let's let's call her first. Maybe right. upstairs. Yeah, Margo met you back up there, so you guys could head over to pool together. Yeah. Margo spent the morning at Columbia University using their labs, but now she's back. <laughs> and so you guys go back up to the room and you call Rebecca. Yeah. Get Pam's through. Vaughn, is that you? Uh, no, I, I, I apologize. It's, it's a friend. I'm actually staying with Vaughn right now, but he's, he's, um, he's, Wait. he's sleeping at the moment, but I, I heard this was urgent, and so I thought I would call in right now just to make sure that everything's fine. we met, right. we met the other day oh, at, oh, yes. at the Lafayette oh. Theater. Yes. Which, which one were you? Are you, well, obviously you're not the, the German one. Uh, uh, Feyruz, Feyruz? Right, yes, Feyruz, yes. not the German one. Thank you for that. Um, I am the German one. We're like oh. holding the phone together, like right next to each other. Hello, it's the me. German one. Hello. Hello. Um, well, <laughs> listen, love these I, labels for us. I, I don't want to. Um, I don't want to. Uh, I know I said urgent because it, 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 it may very well be urgent. I don't want to get anybody uh, too nervous, but um, Millie Adams is missing. What? No. And we'll see you next week. <gasps> no. Oh no. This <laughs> is the best game. I didn't think about other characters dying. <laughs> Maybe. You only think about yourself. <laughs> oh my goodness. Thanks for listening to the Glass Cannon Network. For more podcasts and live streams, visit GlassCannonNetwork.com. And for exclusive shows and content you can't find anywhere else, subscribe today at Patreon.com slash GlassCannon.